Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. All right, welcome in to the Arrowhead Attic Chiefs post-game show victory party. We're sponsored by KC Beer Co. I'm rocking the hat, but I'm drinking whiskey straight from the bottle because that's what the Chiefs do to me. I mean, this is where we're at. Um, <laughs> look, we're supposed to be having a good time. Patrick Allen, Sterling Holmes, welcome in. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button. I will be drinking whiskey from the bottle throughout the course of this broadcast. The Chiefs are AFC West champions, everybody. Have you ever felt worse in your life <laughs> about the Chiefs winning winning the AFC West before Christmas? It's we're a week away from Christmas, and I'm drinking whiskey out of a bottle on the post-game show. Sterling, talk me off the ledge, man. <sighs> well, I think without Mahomes, Chiefs are drafting top five. Mahomes was an underrated storyline because he actually played great, but – the offense, whether it's Andy Reid, whether it was Mahomes audibling out of the decision to run the football, I have no idea. But look what happens when the Chiefs run the ball against the worst run defense in the NFL. Good things happen. Why the hell against this horrendous 1-11-1, and now 1-12-1 Texas team, do you decide, hey, yeah, Let's try and kick a 51-yarder with a kicker who's already missed an extra point in this game. That's the move when you have all three timeouts. I mean, it's disappointing. It's depressing. There are aspects in this game that make you wonder how deep they're going to go in the playoffs. But, again, 20 straight completions. Insane. Uh, seven straight AFC West champion, champion banners. Insane. Uh, wrapping this up in a retooling year. Uh, when the Chargers were supposed to win, when the Raiders, the Broncos were supposed to be these great teams. There's still some some good aspects long-term as far as what they've done, but this game in particular, there's not much you can take away. It was just a dreadful, dreadful performance. A absolutely dreadful. And like some guy on Twitter, j j just before we went to, just after we went to overtime, tweeted at me and he's like, oh, this guy's, throwing around the term disaster again, because I tweeted that the game was just a, an embarrassing disaster for the Chiefs. And there were a couple of people who jumped in and were like, yeah, it's not that bad. Like, what What qualifies? I want to ask you people. <laughs> what qualifies as a disaster to you? Going no, this is not a disaster. No, no, Sterling, no. Sterling. No, a disaster was Sterling. a 2-14 team. A disaster is when you were excited if you could quick kick quick kick on third down, you'd fucking punt it on third down. You're like, maybe and, and something great can happen. Maybe they'll fucking fumble the football. 
No, this is not a disaster. The Chiefs, again, have won seven straight AFC West. Disaster. Look, I I appreciate you. We need conflict on the show. I appreciate you trying to keep, you know, keep, we got to keep, we got to keep uh, the positive vibes going because there is a lot like, you know, there is a lot to be happy about with the Chiefs and we've mentioned some of that already. But like it, it from a, from a football standpoint, it's an abject disaster. Like they damn near, they were like a, a hair away from losing to a one and 11 in one team. The Texans have you and me playing offense for them. All right. Like, the Chiefs are supposed to be a Super Bowl contender. Now, I understand it's the NFL and anybody on any given Sunday, all that blah, 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 we see in the happen. But like, as a fan, what you want from your team, a team with Super Bowl aspirations, and as a coach, is a team that's going to go out there and is going to play solid, sound, mistake-free football. It wasn't like, this game got out of hand because, like, boy, the Texans came out and they just they had a great game plan and they punched the Chiefs in the mouth. Like, credit the Texans. I mean, they like they they played with heart, they played with discipline. Like, they were trying. They have no reason to be trying, right? None of them. Um, they're one and eleven. It's Christmas. Like, start making golf plans. The Chiefs come out and play that flat after a week after losing to almost losing to the Denver Broncos, a team that couldn't score. They they blew a 27-point lead against them a week after they lost to the Bengals, a team that's beat them three straight times and knocked them out of the playoffs last year in the AFC Championship game. So, like, where's – if you're a fan of the Chiefs, like, where's the heart from the Chiefs? Where's the discipline and the focus from the Chiefs? At least – at least when they lose to a good team like the Bengals, you can be like, you know, the Bengals are really good. They got our number. Chiefs got to figure it out. It was only a four-point loss, whatever. Like, you can – that's not a disaster. This – is a disaster. If they this lost, the Houston, it would have been a disaster. Your, if you can't get up to take care of business against the Houston Texans to win the division, like I don't like what, what do you, what do we need for it to be a disaster? A sinkhole to open up and swallow Mahomes? No, it's such it, it's embarrassing, but it's not necessarily a disaster. Again, I always say don't apologize for a win. I'm getting very close to uh, taking taking that back because you almost want to apologize for this win. But again, the Chiefs. They won. They beat Denver. They found ways to, to pull out wins against horrendous teams. The most concerning part to me, because the offense at times, if you look at the box score, I don't think the box score tells the full story of this game. Mahomes played really, really well. They ran the ball effectively. The wide receivers, for the most part, played well. But play calling was, was poor. I mean, that last play, third and four, you need four yards. And the play calls a deep bomb to Justin Watson. Wait, and then before that, they ran an option with Mahomes. I, I mean, that's concerning. Uh, special teams, Butker, obviously, I don't know if the injury is still in play, whether, whether he's in his head, whether it's the yips, whether it's the Chuck Knobloch situation going on. Uh, he's not obviously correct. Uh, the defense is wet tissue paper. The linebackers have played horrendous four weeks in a row. Uh, we saw why Willie Gay Jr. is not out there on third downs. Uh, but they're undisciplined. They're just an undisciplined team. Uh, Frank Clark, great play, but he also had an offside. You're a veteran player. You you know about D Ford. You know about what like you know about to stay on sides. Undisciplined. The penalties were horrendous. Some were on them. Some were on Carl Sheffers. By the way, let's talk about that very quickly. Carl Sheffers, why? Also, what? How is he an NFL referee? Two. How is he ever allowed to do a Kansas City game? The Chiefs fans almost made him cry. 
Not only that, Angel Hernandez is back here just going, great job, Carl. They had to pick up four or five penalty flags because apparently they have to throw one on every single damn play. Yeah, it wasn't even just the bad calls against the Chiefs. They just didn't seem to know what they were doing. I mean, it was just their flags all over the place. They're picking them up. They're having conferences. I, I see people in the chat are like, it wasn't a disaster. You guys, it's all about perspective, right? Like, if, if, if this was the, the Browns, if we were rooting for the Browns, we were all Browns fans, and the Browns almost lost to the Texans, would that be a disaster? No. But the expectations for the Chiefs are a Super Bowl team. So to go out and play like that against the Texans is troubling, it is deeply, deeply troubling about who this team is and what they're made of, right? Championship teams go, and everybody stumbles every once in a while, but championship teams go and they step on a team like the Texans' throats. They get Travis Kelsey over to the bench at halftime so he doesn't get hurt. So that's why I'm calling it a disaster. It is a disaster for the Chiefs, for who the Chiefs are. I need to point something out here. I say this in the chat. We're going to get to some super chats in just a second. But if Juju and Pacheco don't fumble, then this isn't a game. I keep seeing this. They did. And frankly, the Chiefs have had massive turnovers all season long. This is who they are. Look at the turnover right. differential. You can't keep saying every single game, well, if they didn't throw this interception or if they didn't fumble, guess what? They do. They've done it all season long. They have a negative turnover differential. Why would it change? They have to overcome this every single game because it's who they are. I don't know if they're just loose with the football, but they, they, they don't create turnovers defensively, and they have turned the ball over. So keep using that as an excuse saying, well, if they don't fumble in this situation, the Chiefs don't have a close game. They do, though. It's their DNA. Same reason why the play calling. All season long, we've talked about it. They don't run the football when they're gashing teams on the ground. We can sit here and talk about it time and time again, saying, well, if they would have done that, they would have won. But at some point, it's who they are. They right. just won't do it. Yeah, they're not. Look, they're not a, they're not a focused, disciplined football team. So that's that, these are the issues that we have with the Chiefs right now. And again, thank you, everybody, for the Super Chats. Thank you, everybody, for who uh, you know is, is watching on YouTube, please hit that like button. Let's get some more Chiefs fans in here and let's debate this. Like, let's talk about this team because we we all invest a lot of time and effort and emotion into this team, right? And so I think we should have good, honest, frank conversations about where they are. Like, yes, I know that they've won 11 games. I know they just won the AFC West. That's all freaking great. I'm thrilled. I'm over the moon about it, right? I'm way more over the moon about it than I would be if they had somehow lost this game. But like if they don't win the Super Bowl this year, I'm going to be pissed off. Like I'm going to be, that's a disappointment for because we got Patrick Mahomes and like I want the Chiefs to win as many Super Bowls as they can. So Sterling's right. Like this team is undisciplined, unfocused, and they have a bad defense and they have questionable coaching at times. And they have a bad kicker right now. I don't know if Harrison Bucker's injured. Like I, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Like the situation is what the situation is, right? It's the same thing you were saying, Sterling. If they hadn't have fumbled, it would have been a blowout, right? If Mahomes hadn't thrown a pick on the last drive of the game, maybe they beat the Bills and they're the number one seed right now. But he did. This team has, I think Verran pointed this out, and I, I it, somebody could fact check this for me, but I think they have turned, the last time they didn't turn a ball the ball over in a game was the Raiders game. But they're a negative the, uh, turnover differential for the year. The fact that they are have the record they have, like that's a, that that's that should make you angry because that's a credit to Patrick Mahomes and a credit to some of the talent that they have. It should make you angry that it's like this is something that not always in their control, but is largely in their control, making silly mistakes, turning the ball over. So this is what's it, it, this is who they are. Can it change? Of course. Like we see teams that, you know, they have they go through a year where they, they hardly get no injuries or they, they barely turn the ball over for a whole year. Right. Like we've seen Mahomes. 
throw balls into guys' face masks and they drop them. And maybe he should have had like four or five more interceptions in the season, but he didn't because they didn't catch the ball. They got to catch the ball. So it's possible that this flips around for the Chiefs. And then as we head into, you know, the playoffs and the last few games here, they start taking good care of the football. They start playing more disciplined. But boy, it sure does make you worry, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, I do want to hit some of the super chats because we do appreciate you. That's very kind of you guys. Any yes. you guys hanging out with us and then spending money, that's just it it buys these, right? <laughs> it allows us to do what we do and have fun doing it. Uh TBT Chiefs football, seven in a row AFC West uh titles, I'm assuming. Very worried about us after that bad game. Yeah, we're we're with you. Uh Grant WA. This team needs to get 30 points to get to the Super Bowl, but this defense can't stop anyone. Let's let's talk about this one really quickly. The Chiefs offense, you know, it, it took overtime. They got to, what, 31 or 30 with uh, the Jarek McKinnon score. But do they have to score 30 almost every single game? If they score, let's say, 24, can they win a game in the playoffs? Do you think the defense would step up? Or is this one of those situations where it's reminiscent of was it 2018, where they had to score 30-plus points to give themselves even a chance in big games? I, th- I think so, man. I mean, they did a pretty good job defensively against the Bills earlier this season, but – it's just, I don't know, man. Like they just, they don't look good. I thought that they would be getting better as the season went on with all these young players on defense. And it just doesn't feel like that's happening. And maybe it's not going to happen this year. You know, like maybe they're just not as good as we thought they were. Some of these young guys, or or maybe it just is what it is. Like it's going to take an off season. I, you know, I think sometimes when rookies play a little bit well, we all get, we all buy into this like, oh, well, they're going to be, you know, the, the, by the end of the season, they should all be great. But, like, remember Chris Jones, like, he was good. But, like, before his contract year, like, he wasn't Chris Jones. He was a talented player, and then he sort of became Chris Jones. It can take, you know, George Karloftis could come out next season and get 16 sacks, right? Like, it just might not happen. It might not happen this year. And I just You're very think, bullish. I'm saying is is these guys, like, it takes time, right? It takes time in the league. It takes years. It takes lots of reps. It takes offseason to let let what they learn sink in. Um, But no, man, like, I don't. I think they need to score 30 points in every playoff game to to, to be assured that they're going to win. Because right now the defense is just, they do some things well, and they did some things well today, but, I mean, they were playing up college offense for god's sake well it's interesting i was saying earlier on this season they've gelled the young guys the new pieces way quicker than i expected i thought some of that spags deserve some credit with his nascar packages but now we're seeing the past couple weeks against two anemic offenses i don't know what's on spags don't know what's on the players don't know what the difference is or what what's going on from the from the get-go from the start when they were gelling early but something's amiss I don't know if they're playing too much zone and these young guys don't know where to be in the zone. I don't know if it's missed tackles because we're seeing Nick Bolton, Willie Gay Jr. Uh, they're having the worst stretch of football I've seen from those two guys. Uh, D-line, not getting any pressure on a poor, obviously, Houston, Texas team. I- I'm just, I'm confused. You typically see these young guys get better. I don't know if now that there's tape on these young rookies, other teams know how to take advantage of them. But that might be what we're seeing. Uh, I do want to give a couple of shout-outs. A.J. Figuerello, uh today felt a lot like 2018 on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I'm glad you and I had the uh, same page there. Um, USAF Chiefs fan, serious questions. Was this being a reloading year? Are the Chiefs going to be more dangerous next season? 
What do you think there? Oh, 100%. I mean, the young guys will be another year older. They should continue to improve. And the Chiefs are going to have a ton of cap space available to them next year. They've The Tyree kill trade and some of the other moves that they made, even if they re-sign Orlando Brown Jr., they should be able to go out and get some some veterans. And I think that's really what you're missing on, on this defense. Obviously, you've got Chris Jones in the middle and, and Frank Clark. And hey, shout out to Frank Clark today. Other than lining up offsides, he, he caused the fumble. Like, he caused the fumble at the end of that game. He stayed with the play. He could have easily just jogged, right? He didn't. So shout out to Frank Clark. Like, he's pretty much the reason you won the game at the end there. And um, But I think that, yes, I think the Chiefs can be a lot better next year. And I think that they could go and get a couple of impact players, veteran players on the defense, like when they went and got Tyron Matthew, who can really help maybe bring this thing together. I think you've got a, a really nice group of guys here. And, 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 and they're, most of them are ascending and and the talent is there, but they maybe need a, one or two pieces to kind of really round it out and take it from being, okay, well, there's some potential here to like, oh, this is a good defense. And if the Chiefs have a good defense next year, the offense, and, and we can talk some bright spots here, Sterling, too, because in this game, and to the point of the folks that in the chat said, well, you know, if they hadn't turned the ball over, it would have been a runaway. The, the offense has been terrific with the exception of, of the turnovers. I mean, they're efficient. Mahomes threw for 336 yards today, two touchdowns. He ran for another one. They ran all over the, and I'll I'll give Andy some credit on this one. The second half, they ran a lot more, 33 carries in total for 189 yards in this game, two touchdowns. The screen game the last couple weeks has been tremendous. Travis Kelsey caught 10 balls. Juju Juju Smith-Schuster caught 10 balls in this game. So in this retooling year without Tyreek Hill, you, you have the highest scoring offense, or at least coming into this week, the highest scoring offense in the league, they're racking up yards. It's just some of the knuckleheaded stuff that they need to, that it kept them out of this game being a blowout and the defense and some weird yeah. coaching decisions and the kicker. <laughs> uh, one thing I want to talk about, which uh, thank you, Bumpa BB. Why does Juju Smith-Schuster get rocked every single time? Uh, how? How is Juju Smith-Schuster taking helmet-to-helmet plays once a game? He's been so impactful in the miniature Travis Kelsey role, right? He's a zone beater. He doesn't beat you with his athleticism. He uses his wits, the the shoulder shrugs to get open. Juju had a very nice game here, but again, he he got just absolutely rocked, hit on the dome. That one, I have no idea, by the way, that Carl Sheffers was out here calling a block. Was a block in the back or a, a blindside block? Blindside Jared block. McKinnon. When McKinnon was the guy that got hit and the Houston Texans player. Still ran into him, watched him, and Houston Texans guy actually initiated the contact and then somehow forward progress, which I thought was not reviewable. Uh, but let's not bring up bad memories here. How yeah. does Juju get hit? It feels like in the head every single game. It's tough. I mean, look, he's a tough guy. He goes over the middle. He, he basically plays like a tight end for them sometimes. And he's, he's opening himself up to that kind of, of abuse playing in the slot. Uh, yeah, I'm worried about him, man. Like, I mean, that was a dirty ass hit. That was a that was a a, a Bontez perfect like long, almost like a missile launch to the to the chin. Um, so you know, I thought maybe there should have been. I think he should get fined for that. That was terrible. I'm worried about Juju because he's taken some shots to the head this season. He's had concussions in his past, so I'm really worried about his safety. Hopefully, um, you know, they, they can protect him a little bit more. But he's been tremendous. And the, and and from again, positives from this game. Uh, I mentioned 10 receptions for Travis Kelsey and 10 receptions for Juju. Also eight receptions for Jarek McKinnon. Those, they caught 100% of their targets. Actually, so did Noah Gray. So 10 for 10 Kelsey, 10 for 10 Juju, eight for eight 
Jarek McKinnon and three for three on Noah Gray. The Chiefs were super efficient in this game on the offensive side of the ball when they weren't turning it over. Um, so that's that's a good sign. And they've been like that all year, even against good defenses. So there's a lot to like about this team if they can get their act together. But it's the focus thing that I'm just so, so concerned about them moving forward. And, and I'll, be, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I am not going to pick them to beat Seattle next week. I'm just not. Like, I, they should. They should beat Seattle. But the way that they've been playing the last two weeks, and I use that when I'm making my picks for aerodatic.com, they're not playing well. If they play like that, they did the last two weeks against the Broncos and Texans, they'll probably lose to the Seahawks. They'll be thankfully be back at home at Arrowhead. Is Carl Sheffers refing the game? I don't know who's refing the game. God, I, I, I that, that's God, I, I mean, hope that guy doesn't that, get He's just so bad. And I hate just harping on the refs. But I mean, Juan Thornhill, how was that illegal contact? He got ran into by Philip Dorsett. The luxurious need PI on third down. What? I have yeah. no idea. I have no idea how Carl still has a job in the NFL. I have no idea who was allowed to do NFL and Chiefs games specifically. Remember when Travis Kelsey called him out, said he can't even work at a footlocker? Remember that one a long time ago? I don't yep. know if he's still harboring resentment towards the Kansas City Chiefs because of that, but it feels like every game he refs, there's always some sort of disaster. Can you imagine going into a footlocker that Carl Sheffers worked at? You wouldn't be able to. You wouldn't be able to look, try anything on. He'd be throwing flags at you the whole time, trying to get you thrown out of the the store for you know what I mean for for asking for 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 a size twelve to try on. He'd be like, "Yeah, get out of here, man." <laughs> by the way, I want to shout out because I'm drinking this again. We're brought to you by the Kansas City Beer Company. Drink Kansas City beer. I'm going to drink some of that later. This is ammunition, straight rye whiskey, uh, finished in Pinot Noir barrel, barrels. Um, Made out in California. Barrels, barrels. Uh, Patrick Allen. I mean, you guys, I'm drinking from the bottle here. Um, one of our listeners brought this to us at Tanner's last week when we were uh, did our live show at Tanner's. So I wanted to I wanted to bring it on the show today to promote it. Ammunition. It's it's terrific. It's really kind of sacrilege that I'm drinking it out of the bottle like this because uh, it's really good. Like you can sip this uh, on some ice or straight. But uh, you know the Chiefs did this to me, so blame them. Um, I got another super chat here uh, from uh, John F. Um, here's here's to the Chiefs limping to become the AFC West champs. Hey, man, champs are champs. I'm going to take it. I don't like it. It doesn't taste good, but I'm going to take it. Uh, and then from our, our guy, Alex, uh, Kadarius Tony got some action early, but was mostly silent in the second half. Was that a case of Andy working him in slowly back from injury? Yeah, I think so, Alex. They, they talked about it a little bit on the broadcast. You know, those hamstring injuries, man, they can really linger and keep coming back. And so I think they wanted to get him back out there, get him a little bit of game action, but like take it easy. Um, you know, he he hopefully will be back in full for the playoffs. But I'm fine with them just getting a handful of snaps a game the rest of the way if the Chiefs can get their act together because he could be a huge – he's a different – he and McCole Hardman, those are guys – take care of them. The Chiefs now are in the playoffs. They're a playoff team now, right? So – no matter what happens, they'll be in the tournament. And those two are game-changing. They're like a one-touch touchdown guys that could flip a game against a Bills or a Miami or a San Diego, or a San Diego uh, against the Chargers. So um, hopefully he Speaking can- of San Diego, oh, they've yeah. been tasked to win the Chargers, the AFC West, for probably about, what, five of these seven years. That yeah. is pretty damn impressive. That is something to raise a glass to. If you have a Casey beer, take yeah. a sip. Take a pull if you're Patrick Allen. 
we're sitting here, and this is why I said this game's not a disaster. This season's not a disaster. I know Patrick is being a little dramatic right now. He's game is a disaster. Try- not he's dramatic, trying to yeah. find the uh, the bottom of that that bourbon barrel right there. But again, it's not a disaster in the sense that the Chargers, for the most part, by the national media, they were the AFC West champions. Yeah. And then, how good were the Broncos going to be with Russell Wilson? They're just a quarterback away. They're horrendous. One of the yeah. worst teams in the NFL, right? I mean, they're they're just they're abominable. I mean, and sure, they almost beat Kansas City last week, but what? They didn't. They still lost. And then the Raiders, you know, oh Devontae Adams, what's he going to do with Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro with Derek Carr in that offense? Well, Waller's going to get hurt again. Hunter Renfro's going to get hurt, and they're going to be bad. I'm just yeah. going to go ahead and say this season is not a disaster. The Chiefs right now they've clinched the AFC West seven seasons in a row. Bad game, bad couple weeks. I'm trying to look at this positive. I'm trying to look at this positive. There's 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 positive, by the way. Shout out to Squirrel who says alcohol is not a good substance, guys. Don't listen to these drug pushers. That's the first time I've ever been called a drug pusher, Sterling. Have you ever been called a drug a drug pusher before? Have you been out on the corners? Uh so next question we got. Okay. <laughs> no, no, I've never been called a drug pusher. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you don't have to drink, but the Chiefs drive me to drink. Um, all right, let's let's get into this game a little bit more here uh, and kind of break it down. Um, and, and again, if you guys are watching on YouTube, make sure you hit that like button. If you're not subscribed, subscribed. Uh, sometimes we're in good spirits, you know, when the Chiefs give us reason to be. Um, uh, and uh, I want to shout out our members too. Shout out to all of our members who are there in the chat. You guys are absolutely incredible. Your support of us. What are you laughing at? Also, shout out Randy. He gave us a super chat, but forgot to write a question. And then he typed <laughs> when you super chat and forgot to type the question. So thank you, Randy. We Randy, appreciate the money either way. <laughs> Randy's pulling right from the bottle too. That's what's going on. Um, so let's break this down a little bit. A weird game. Um, the Chiefs, it was frustrating, right, with the defense. Like, was, if you looked at the box score, if you showed me this box score, without the actual score in it and the fact that I went to overtime a few hours ago I would have been pretty happy I'd have seen Mahomes thrown for 300 yards and two touchdowns I'd have seen the 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 Texans averaging 4.4 yards average you know 3.5 on the ground uh I would have been like oh yeah Chiefs creamed him like that sounds about right but they managed to make this a game they scored a touchdown and for each of the first three quarters and a field goal in the fourth and had the lead Part of that was because of the Chiefs' turnovers, but what do you make of the Chiefs' defense in this one? They did get their backs put up against the wall a few times, but at the end of the game, they closed it out. I mean, yeah, they got their backs put up against the wall with two extra possessions they should have had to go against, but at the same time, that does not mean you have to just roll over and give them the touchdown. We saw it against the Denver Broncos, right? We're seeing it again now. It's like they, the offense has a turnover and the defense is just sitting here going, well, this isn't on us. Can't blame us for giving up a touchdown. Hold right. them to a field goal. Yeah, Maybe get a turnover of your own. Again, Frank Clark, give him credit, finally forcing a massive turnover in overtime. But this defense has me very worried. The, the scheme that Spags is running, it's not working. It's not getting through to the players. They're not getting good pressure with four guys. Chris Jones has uh, been getting locked up a little bit. I'm not saying Chris Jones is the issue by any means, but he's getting 
game planned by the other team out of the game. I do, so I someone do think else. They, I think they said during the broadcast that he was sick and it wasn't, okay. wasn't feeling well in this one. So uh, I caught that towards the end of the game, which I was not aware of. Um, I think they said he was sick. He was dealing okay. with something and yeah, he was trying to go. Well, my, my point is someone else has to step up. You yeah. can't have or be that reliant on one guy, especially against the Houston Texans. I mean, you can't just sit here and say, all right, well, you made one good play, Dunlap. You made two good plays, Frank Clark. That's all you have to do. Yeah. Carl Loftus, Colin Saunders, uh, Brandon Williams, Derek Noddy, Mike Dana. Every once in a while, they had one or two good plays. But when you're playing, I don't know how many snaps they played defensively. Let's just say 60, right, total. Yeah. You have to have more than one or two good plays in the 30 or 40 snaps you are individually playing in. Yeah, and, it, you know, a big one, I think, for the Chiefs, because if you look at the Vox score, again, 502 total yards for the Chiefs to 223 on the Texans. So they double them up. But the one that jumps out at you, and they won the time in possession, the Chiefs had the ball for 10 more minutes than the Texans. But if you look at there, where is it? Oh, here it is. It's turnovers, two to one. Chiefs lost two fumbles. And then penalties. Texans were flagged four times for 33 yards. The Chiefs, 10 penalties for 102 yards. Uh, this is this is what they have to do. This is what they have to overcome is their own ineptness, even against a team like the Texans. And that's why I think there's reason for concern with this team. The, the Chiefs got two first downs from penalties in this game on the Texans. The Texans got five first downs from penalties from the Chiefs. That's how a team like the Texans, who's not very good, they're not good on offense, that's how they stay in a game against a team like the Chiefs. Turnovers, bad penalties. So you combine those two things, and it can erase a 500 to 200 advantage in total yards in the game. So if the Chiefs do play disciplined football, this is probably a laugher. But unfortunately, they don't. Um, we got a couple more super chats here. Um, we'll get. We got to get to... Uh, Oh, geez, a bunch. Of, oh, Randy's, Randy did send in his question, said, your take on the Juju fumble, did I miss something? I mean, I think it was, he fumbled it. Um, yeah. He fumbled it. He got hit hard. He was kind of going up in the air. It was a fumble. Didn't get it back. Um, sucks that it was reviewable, but I guess it is. Um, <clears throat> AJ says, uh, thank you for the super chat, AJ. Uh, I was at the Raiders game week five. Officials were just as bad, if not worse today. You should have heard how la- loud Arrowhead got that week. Oh, we heard it on the... They were so loud on the TV. I remember saying to my wife, like, I can't hear the announcers. The crowd is so angry. And there was that great clip of Carl Sheffers, like, pooping himself. There is no penalty for for grounding. From Leon Sandcastle, thank you for the super chat. Did the Chiefs need a new kicker? Oh, man. I don't know, man. Like, I mean. Can I I touch on this really quickly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. I've been a staunch supporter of Bucker through his extra point woes. Um, I do a weekly chat with Chiefs Hall of Fame kicker Nick Lowry weekly, and I love getting his perspective, especially on Butker. I want to ask him this week about the continued struggles he's had, but he basically was saying he needs to get right, and Butker, for the most part, had gotten right ever since SoFi, right? Ever since that Chargers game, Butker, for the most part, had been nails. Uh, he missed the 155-yarder before this game, right? But for the most part, he's been pretty good. The missed yeah. extra points coming back again. And we've always counted on Butker in clutch moments to make those kicks. Because you know why? He has. Yeah. Now, I don't know if he's in his head. 
I don't know if it's the injury still plaguing him, but something is off with Harrison because he's too talented of a kicker to have these issues keep popping up. Now, the other side is, who would you rather have? Would you rather have Amendola? No. Matthew Wright was solid, but he had one bad game here as well, and he's already picked up on another team. I don't know what other kicker you would actually go out and get outside of Harrison Butker. Is he going through issues right now? 100%. Is he a uh, a culprit in some of the Chiefs' special team issues and struggles? Yes. But I don't know who you actually go out and get that would be better than Harrison. It's not that simple. Yeah, it's really weird with him because he's got such a big leg. He's been clutch. And, and he's hit 89% of his field goals over the course of his career, right? Um 90% in 2017, 88% in 2018, then 89%, then 92. Then last year, he he had a little bit of a down year, 89%. That's on the field goal percentage. Um, but started this extra point thing has always been like a little bit of a bugaboo for him. And, and it seems to be really bad this year. I don't know if he's still injured or if it's just that's who this guy is. Is he's He's like simultaneously brilliant and then also we'll just do we'll just miss a kick you shouldn't miss angry drunken german you know we always appreciate you you're, you're one of our our favorite commenters but you said reed can kick it i think you're being sarcastic but <laughs> touching on that you do not want justin reed to kick field goals yeah. that's in case of emergency he would be the 90th best kicker in the nfl like if you went through just practice squad guys some college kickers, but he's fine to have as almost a joke. He shanked an extra point too. I I know we like to laugh that Justin Reed, he made that one. He's a great NFL kicker. He's better than, better than you or I. He's better than the majority of people on an NFL roster. He's not better than NFL kickers. He's just not. Um, Justin Tucker missed a few yesterday that were, was that yesterday or Thursday? When, when are they? Yesterday. Yesterday. So, he missed, bad yeah, bad he weekend for blocks. kickers. He had one blocked and he missed one. <clears throat> but like, it is funny about Butker. This before this game, I don't think these stats are updated. He's fifty six of fifty nine in his career from between thirty and thirty nine yards. But then when you get to forty to forty nine, he's thirty eight of forty five. Just like, it's, I don't know. Like he's 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 but then he misses the extra points i don't understand it i don't understand. but like to answer your question do we need a new kicker man maybe you look at it in the offseason if you think there's somebody better sure you have to always look to upgrade the team it's a kicker it's not like it's the quarterback i think wink wendell has a very good point when we made earlier on i want to bring it back up again don't play for a 52 yard field goal in that situation why yeah. in that situation when you, yep. you have timeouts you're going up against a bad Houston defense. You're moving the ball down the field. Why are you playing for a 52-yard field goal? How is that the goal? You're acting so scared that you're going to make a mistake that you think a 52-yarder is the only answer in that situation. That, that tells me more about play calling, about how scared they are of what they could potentially do. I don't understand this. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the way that the game was going, it almost makes sense. It's like – this just lets can we get out of here with a win before somebody fumbles the ball or we get a, a horrible penalty and we get knocked out of field goal range. I mean, there was some questionable playing calling there at the end. But by the way, I saw in the chat somebody said uh that Tannehill got carted off. Is that that's the case? So 
Uh, the Chargers are up 7-0 uh, against the Titans at the end of the first quarter. Malik Willis, we've seen him play this year, so unless he figures something out in the last few weeks, maybe strap up to be playing the Chargers here in a couple weeks because um, they're probably going to win. Um, other other news around the NFL, Wilson's not playing today. Denver's tied 3-3 with with Arizona. And uh, the Bengals are losing 3 to nothing to the uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers nearing the end of the first. So, um, yeah, go uh, go Tampa Bay. I mean, there's only one more game that I want the Bengals to win this year, and that's when they play the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> um, let's try to dig some more, more positives out of this game, Sterling. Um, the offense. I mean, we got to talk about Jarek McKinnon. What an absolute boss this guy has been, especially the last couple of weeks. 10 carries, 52 yards on the ground and a touch. And this one obviously had the the long run to seal the game at the end of overtime. And then through the air, eight receptions for 70 yards. He has more receiving yards this year than McCole Hardman and Sky Moore. So what can you say about Jarek McKinnon and what he's brought to this team this year? I mean, Jarek McKinnon has been a godsend. Jarek McKinnon has looked more explosive this year than almost any other season in his NFL career, which typically doesn't happen unless you're Benjamin Button. Right. it's wild how good he is at catching the ball out of the backfield. He's, yeah. he's not Christian McCaffrey. He's not Alvin Kamara. I'm not going there. Not Austin Eckler, but he's maybe the next tier down. That guy is so efficient receiving out of the backfield. He's a great pass protector as well. Uh, we've seen it time and time again. I do believe there was something too earlier on in the season. They're trying to save him for the stretch run. They're saving him to an extent yeah. for the playoffs. What do they when they needed a running back in this game? Who did they go to? They went. They went to Jarek, man. I I don't think they wanted to, but they felt like they had to. Yeah. This is who McKinnon is. He's no longer a bell cow guy who can get thirty touches a game. We've seen throughout his career, he's had a lot of injuries. I'm hoping, knock on wood, those are all behind him, and this is the healthiest he's been in in years. So. They found a good one-two punch with Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon. Uh, Pacheco's great up the gut, first and second down. McKinnon on third downs. It's nice to see. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I don't think he's getting his job back even when healthy anytime soon. These two guys, in my opinion, have a stranglehold on the offense. Yeah, they really do. And I, I was I was pleased to see a pass towards the end of the game there to Pacheco, which he caught and went for 11 yards. I think that could be a little bit of a trick that Andy – and Eric Bieniemy could have up their sleeve as they get into the playoffs is okay. You're in a defense, right? You've been watching all the tape on the chiefs, big playoff game. Jarek McKinnon's on the field. You know, the screen passes in play. Isaiah Pacheco's on the field. Maybe they're running it, but they're not throwing it to him. Right. You know, this there's not no evidence of that throughout the course of the year. I think if they can utilize Pacheco in the passing game a little bit in the playoffs to mix it up, it could lead to some really big plays for the Chiefs because I just don't think defenses are going to be expecting it because the Chiefs have been pretty cookie-cutter with their approach so far this year. But really, the last two weeks especially, I think this screen game, it really opens up more uh, opportunities for this Chiefs offense because I mean, you're trying to worry about Kelsey. You're trying to worry about MVS going deep on you. You're trying to worry about Juju Smith-Schuster. You've got to respect those guys. And it was just there over and over again throughout the course of the game. And, of course, I'd have to go back and look at the film to see, like, how many times was Pat passing up on McKinnon earlier in the season. But 
I'd be really interested to know if that what's really happening right now is like kind of these plays were there all along earlier in the season and Mahomes wasn't going to him. And now something in the last couple of weeks, a good thing that we can take from these last few games is that Mahomes is like, oh shit, if I just dump the ball, we know that that has been a struggle for him going all the way back to last year is just take what the defense gives him and not just go for the big play. If Mahomes is continuing to mature in that way, and that's why we're seeing more of these dump offs to McKinnon and he's just getting automatic first downs, that's going to open up things down the field for the Chiefs down the stretch here. Yeah. Uh, I do want to point out, since you just touched on MVS, he had two really big catches in this game. Very important yeah. catches. Uh, yep. Obviously, the touchdown. But he's starting to come along a little bit more. I, I don't think we're ever going to see just phenomenal consistency from MVS. We never saw it in Green Bay. There's no reason to expect it now. But he is a guy who occasionally will make these big plays that I don't know who else is making on this roster. You might say Kadarius Tony, just because of the size, athleticism, right? Yep. MVS is a weapon on this team. He's on pace for, what, over 800 yards? I know some people like to poo-poo him because he's not consistent because he will have easy drops. But frankly, if this is what I was signing up for on MVS, I'm all in. I I think he's had a fairly under-the-radar nice season for Kansas City. And again, that touchdown catch, it was was outstanding. Yeah, and I think this is exactly what you want. He was targeted five times. He caught three balls, a couple touchdowns, nothing really deep in this game. But that's that's like that's a good mix for him in this offense, right? I, you don't want MVS getting 12 targets in a game. You want 10 targets to Kelsey, 10 targets to Juju Smith-Schuster. And, and the way he's playing, maybe 10 targets to Jarek McKinnon. It's sort of starting to crystallize, I think, from a homes of like who he, can, who he trusts the most, who he wants to go to. This is a brand-new offense, and that's good. And that's, I think, where Aaron Rodgers used MVS really well when he was in Green Bay is, okay, you're worried about Devontae Adams. You're worried about Aaron Jones. Those are the guys he was throwing the ball to. And then occasionally MVS would have these games where he would use his speed to go over the top and he'd catch three balls for 120 yards. I think now that Mahomes is settled in and targeting Kelsey, targeting Juju, utilizing Jarek McKinnon, and that the running game is there with Pacheco, we may see down the stretch here more of those bombs to MVS start to open up for him, and I think that's that's a great utilization for him on this team. USAF Chiefs fan for the for the super chat says, "Has anybody heard from our co-host Matt Verderam and made sure he didn't have an aneurysm?" Um, I mean, I saw him tweeting; he was not pleased. Um, so, you know, hopefully he's still alive. I'm sure he's he's drinking bleach from the bottle, like I'm drinking. Not pleased is a very um, under the radar <laughs> yeah. way to say that. <laughs> yeah, it certainly is. Um, and then Anthony Arvin says, uh, the Chiefs are the best team to be upset with. Guys, I love your show. Yeah, and again. You know what? Thanks, Anthony. That's very yeah, nice. Appreciate you, man. Everybody, again, I said this earlier in the show, but it's, I think it's worth repeating. Everything here is in perspective, right? So if I say the Chiefs are a disaster in this game, understand that. You're an asshole. I'm an asshole. A massive asshole. Overreacting. Um alarmist no let's always put things in perspective we're looking at it through the i'm looking at it through the lens of who the chiefs are what the aspirations are for the chiefs um and that's where where these kinds of comments come from um so we should be angry with them but at the same time like they're the chiefs they're they're 111 games they just won their seventh straight afc west championship we, we know that like we're aware of that i think there's this line we get to sometimes where people are like if you criticize the chiefs they're like you're spoiled you can't say that. Look at them. We just won the division. What's what's the matter with you? You're hysterical. And it's like, well, like, 
yeah, I know that they're good. <laughs> like, you know, I know that they're good. I'm aware. Of, this is of, not of the, the Tyler Thigpen led Chiefs. This right. is not Matt Castle back there. Yeah, we have that. higher expectations. <laughs> Yes, yeah, that's 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 all we're trying to say here. Is, by, uh, by the way, I love how smiley Patrick is after he's he's been drinking. This is fun. Patrick looks like he's having a great time back there. Yeah, you know what, man? I got up early today. I went to the store. I made Buckeye cookies for Christmas. Made a hundred of them. Uh, there should be about fifty left by the time Christmas gets here and companies start showing up. Um, yeah, and then and then the Chiefs won their seventh straight AFC West championship, even though they drove me to drink. So I'm having a great time. My wife is out this evening, so I'm just gonna, you know, keep hitting this bottle. And uh, somebody just said that the uh, the Bucks are going up ten nothing on the Bengals, or they're about to. So um, that's good news too. I'll, I'll drink to that. I want a nice angry Bengals team uh, when they play the Bills. So uh, you so, look like you're trying to find a karaoke bar right now. That's what it looks like. It looks like yeah. you're about to sing uh, sing "Picture" by Kid Rock and Cheryl Crow. Speaking of Cheryl Crow, did you see she's got a Christmas special coming out tonight that she executive produced? Uh, M-I-Z. That's Mizzou legend, Cheryl Crow to you. <laughs> it's called When Christmas Was Young. I have no clue what it's about, but I, I do think maybe it might be more enjoyable than that Chiefs game that we just watched. Um, let's, let's go to the chat, man. Like, let's, uh, let's see what, the, what you guys out there, what do you want to hear us break down here? What do you want to hear us talk about? I, hear, I saw somebody here. We'll go to this one. I don't, know, I don't remember who said it. Um, Sterling, but somebody was asking about the offensive line and how you thought they played in this game. Pat was getting hit a lot, they said. I need to look back, do the all 22. Um, for the most part, I honestly don't think the offensive line did a bad job. Uh, they were able to run the ball very effectively on the ground. Uh, Mahomes, for the most part, had a decent amount of time. Mahomes is also a quarterback who holds on to the ball longer than the majority of quarterbacks. He's also very good at spinning out and not taking a sack. So the pressure numbers will be there. Sack numbers will be down. Um, I pulled up the stat the other day. Jalen Hurts had, what, I think 13 more sacks against him than Patrick Mahomes, even though Hurts obviously is very um, very quick. There's 130 less pass attempts from Hurts compared to Mahomes. So the offensive line, taken to perspective, there's going to be obviously higher passing or pressure numbers I don't think Wiley's very good. I don't think Orlando Brown Jr. is his elite left tackle. I think he's average, slightly above average. But they also drop back to pass so often. Those numbers will be, inf- uh, will be inflated. I think the offensive line in this game, for the most part, did their job. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned Jalen Hurts. It'll be interesting to see how the, the pundits stack up his, his day. He threw two interceptions, no touchdown passes, but then ran – for three touchdowns. He had taken the lead over Mahomes for the MVP. Do you think that changes after after this performance from him today where he threw two picks? But I mean he still threw for 315 and yeah. ran for 61 and three touchdowns. Boy, he's he's a weapon out there. Yeah. I had Jalen Hurts taking over Mahomes in the MVP race after last game, after this one. I don't know. I think they're neck and neck. And personally, I I almost don't want Mahomes to win MVP because MVP and Super Bowl champions have not overlapped since Kurt Warner in like 2001, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, I have to look that up. I, I I think it was Kurt Warner in 01. So just uh, something to throw out there. Maybe you don't want Mahomes to win MVP. Not good translation in the playoffs. But both those guys have been so incredible all season long. A uh, couple other super chats. Angry, drunken German. Some Tums money for Allen. <laughs> 
<laughs> some mustache oil for Sterling yeah. and, to, and to no safeties kicking in the playoffs. I shaved my stash, man. It looks good. It's coming back. No, it's just because I get hair there so quickly. You're the wolf man. You're just the, there, though. The, the like, it's just, like, look, yeah. it's, it's just the stash. Yeah, yeah. Nobody would know friend. if you turned into a werewolf. It would just be... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh wait! Somebody says superhero says hi. The sexy podcast. All right, and a Green Bay fan. Oh, so wait, that, green, that, that Green Bay fan tunes in just to tell us we're sexy. Yeah. No, she, they didn't say JK. No, there's a JK. <laughs> and Randy, we do appreciate the super chats. Going to give you money and give up on super chats. My favorite Chiefs pod. Thanks, man. We do appreciate you a lot. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I just this MVP race. I don't know, man. It's going to be, it's going to come down to the wire, I think, Mahomes. But like to, to, you know, the point, the Eagles, they beat the Bears 25 to 20 today at Soldier Field. It wasn't like they also went out there and stomped Chicago. That was a fight right down to the very end, despite, you know, they had a similar game, turned the ball over, racked up a lot of offensive yards, playing an inferior team. So these things can happen this time of year. You got to be careful. I want to go back to the offensive line. I see Thomas posts, yeah. if OBJ and Wiley are in the top five of sacks allowed, how do you bring them back next year? Um, again, it's kind of my, my the point I'm trying to make here. Look at the ratios. Don't necessarily look at the sacks allowed or pressures allowed, the cumulative total. Look at the ratios because the Chiefs pass more than any other team in the NFL, right? So they're going to have more opportunities. I'm not saying they've been great. I'm not saying they've been good. But the point is you have to take it with – all the, all the facts, all the stats, all in one. Boil it down. I think Wiley, there's another option in either Darian Kennard, uh, although he's been playing a lot of guards, supposedly. Lucas Niang might be the option you know, in the future for Andrew Wiley. Orlando Brown Jr. is a little more tricky, probably getting franchise tag. We'll talk about that, obviously, a lot more in the offseason. Uh, I don't want to dwell too much on that right now because I think, truthfully, Orlando Brown Jr. over the past five weeks, for the most part, has looked pretty solid. His only bad game was against Cincinnati, which is not ideal against a team you're probably going to face in the playoffs. And Andrew Wiley's just been kind of what we thought he was going to be. Yeah, I don't think I, – I, I always felt like Andrew Wiley starting this year was just kind of like they just couldn't get anybody else right now, and it was a, a placeholder year for him. Good backup to have, but probably not the guy you want starting. I don't know if we'll ever get a look at Lucas Niang Starting again, I I don't think that I, I suggested maybe a week ago that maybe the Chiefs should look at, hey, it's end of the year here, like teams that you shouldn't be having trouble with. Maybe you throw if you want to get a look at Luke, Lucas Niang before the playoffs, maybe you throw him in there. I don't think that they're going to do that. They probably don't want to upset the apple cart too much. Like the offense has been running really well, some of the best in the NFL. So I think this is what you got right now this year. And the good news is we talked about this for the offseason, not that I want to start talking offseason, but the Chiefs will have the cat flexibility to trade, to move around the draft, pretty much do whatever they want. If they don't like how things are going at right tackle and left tackle, they'll be able to make moves. Let's talk a little bit more about the defense in this game. By the way, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button. And if you want to become a part of the Chiefs community that we have been building here, we were all in the, the private members only Discord. Check out the link in the description. Uh, we had a blast watching the game. Blast relative uh today um but we were watching thursday night football we were watching saturday night football in there yesterday talking talking ball it's, it's a great way to support the show uh and so we can bring you more content like this sterling on the defense any bright spots from you is there anybody that you thought played particularly well today 
Frank Clark outside of that penalty. Yeah. Uh, outside of the offside, Frank Clark, which again, Frank Clark's had a nice under the radar season. No, he's not elite. And he's been above average, which better than what he's been. Better than what he's been. More. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I am thrilled with how Frank has played this year. Other than yeah. the suspension, like, I don't know what, how much more we could have expected from him. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I, I think I like Gary's tweet the best or Gary's um, comment. Maybe you think too much of the team. Eight rookies playing, looking at this as a disaster is ridiculous. They turn the ball over and miss kicks. It happens. Honestly, Patrick, you're you're annoying. Patrick's not annoying. But I wanted to bring it up because I disagree with him here, and I wanted someone to agree with me. Yeah, it's not a disaster. Yeah. That's Gary all I wanted, coming, Patrick. Gary, Gary coming for me. <laughs> See, how come How come when 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 Verderam rants about the Chiefs, it's, I love that Verderam guy. He tells it like it is. And when I ran about the Chiefs, it's like, he's annoying. I don't get it. <laughs> you have to have a New York accent. Come on. That's no right. one from New, New York's York ever accent. been like, Oh yeah, yeah, things are good. Wow, what was that? I was still like yeah. I was like Boston or something. Yeah. Look, man, the refs were bad and the Chiefs turned the ball over, but like the Chiefs didn't play well. They didn't play focused football. They got they got penalized 10 times and, and not all of those penalties were bad calls. Some of them were perfectly mm. fine calls. The Chiefs the Chiefs over have been half doing this were, all year. Over half were two scoops of ass, but I will say yes. you're right. This is an undisciplined team. They've done this whether it was Carl Sheffers or not. Yeah, he just yeah. exasperates the problem. Right, right. That's that's they, all he does. He yeah. makes it worse. The Chiefs team has been a undisciplined team all season long. They were laughing about, at least on the on the broadcast, the Chiefs are one of the best teams on third down offensively. They're one of the worst on third and one. So Gary says, you keep saying the expectations for the Chiefs is a Super Bowl, not this season. It is a rebuilding year. Uh, it is no expectations at all. The fact that we won 11 games at this time is just our culture. I I mean, I just disagree with you, Kerry. That's not the case. This is a Super Bowl or bust every no, it's year. Not. No, it's not. What, yes, what, it what, what, what did Mahomes. Vegas say? What What did Vegas say going into this year? What was the over-under? Over-under on what? Chiefs on wins. The, the Chiefs wins? Oh, God, I don't remember. It was lower. They're, they've already hit it. Yeah. It was but, 10 and a half. I, what does then that my, have to do with the... What does that have to do with what the expectations are? The expectations should not always be it's Super Bowl or else it was a horrendous season. The fact no, no, is I, the I, Chiefs I didn't say that. I didn't say it was a horrendous season. But if they don't win the Super Bowl, it is it is a failure. When no, you have it's not Mahomes, a failure. Yes, it is. So Dude, every single season, the Super Bowl. every single season, let's just say Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Every single season they didn't win the Super Bowl was a disaster. Every single year, Peyton they didn't Manning say it was a disaster and they didn't win the Super Bowl. I said it's a failure. The goal, the reason everybody shows up every day is to win the Super Bowl. The Chiefs that's are the not goal. A, the, the Chiefs are not a team. They're not they're not a team that's looking for moral victories. They're not they're not like a Detroit Lions who are like, oh, you know, like we we finished the season really strong, or maybe we even got in the fringe of the playoffs. That's a moral victory for the Chiefs. They have Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. They won the Super Bowl just a few years ago. They are all in to try to win the Super Bowl every year. If they, do, It is not hating on the Chiefs to say if they don't win the Super Bowl, it is a failure. Anybody in that building at one Arrowhead Drive will tell you if they don't win the Super Bowl, they didn't accomplish their goal. It's not I'm sure the fucking there. Houston Texans say the same thing too. Every single team, every single season, their goal is to win the Super Bowl. The point is we should know better because we're not on the field playing. We should have some sort of insight. If they win this the Super Bowl this year, you know what I will say? They stole a Super Bowl. 
They are a very, very great team. They are a great team. But in my opinion, they were not the favorites going into this year to win the Super Bowl. You don't always win the Super Bowl that you're supposed to win. I don't know if they were the favorites when they won in 2019, right? Um, uh, This season, it felt like it was the Bills Super Bowl. Right now, the Chiefs win. They stole that Super Bowl away from the Bills. That's what it would feel like. Um, I said going in, I thought this was a retooling year. I think that AFC Championship game should be the the goal, in my opinion, based on the amount of moving uh, moving pieces. But they've done better than expected. They've done better. They've done, they've done better already than Vegas expected. Vegas is not in is not in the business of losing money. That's not what they're about. Every team wants to win the Super Bowl. This is a very, very good team with a lot of question marks. We're seeing those question marks pop up right now. We'll see what happens. Yeah, and I want to. I take issue too with like the retooling, rebuilding conversation that's happening. Like, they're not rebuilding. People that are saying that Chiefs, all they did was trade away fucking Tyreek Hill. <laughs> like, they're not. They were in the AFC Championship game last year. Like. They went and they signed. They they got some rookie. They, they retooling is a is a fair phrase in that they completely changed their offense, right? So, what has happened to the offense this year? It is better than it was last year when they were in the AFC Championship game. So you can't sit here and be like, "Well, you yeah, know, but- it's, a, it's a rebuilding year." They're the best offense in the NFL. Like, but defensively, expect- you can't say that it's a rebuilding year or a retooling year and that the expectation shouldn't be Super Bowl or bust when they traded when the only major change that they made was getting rid of Tyree Kill. Tyron Matthews sucked last year. The hell with him. Um, when, they, when they got rid Traverius of... Traverius Ward, not, not a big one. Traverius my, Ward's play, he's having a career year. He's playing better than he ever did in Kansas because City. Because we all knew that was going to happen. Come on, that's, that's I mean, just I'm happy for him. It's great. But, the the, the, the point... Here, did, did, who went out and got Von Miller? The Bills. Who, who, who went out and, and tried... Let's just, let's just say the Raiders. Who brought in one of the top three wide receivers in the NFL? The Raiders. Who went out... And brought in a at the time was a franchise quarterback that was a quarterback away from winning the Super Bowl. Denver Broncos. Okay. What what did uh what did Miami do? They thought they were in contention. Who did they go out and get? They went Tyree Kill. The point is, those teams went out and tried to bring in pieces. What did the Chiefs do? They said, This is gonna go and we're gonna live by the young guys. We're gonna build through the draft. They didn't go out and get Von Miller. They said we're gonna draft a rookie edge in in George Karloftis. That's what they said they're gonna do. Are they gonna try and pay Charvarius Ward? No, they're going to draft a couple of rookie cornerbacks, and those are the starters now. Yeah, I'm just saying, like the, those teams went all in. The Chiefs have a longer outlook. Yeah, man, but the, but when you have Patrick Mahomes, they're not that they, they're not rebuilding. They it's not rebuilding it. Right, it's not right. rebuilding. So, I never said so it was I, rebuilding. So yeah, that's the the point that I'm making is that people are saying that. You can't call it a failure if they don't win the Super Bowl in a retooling year. And what I'm saying is the biggest thing that they did to make it a retooling year was to move Tyree Kill, and they got better. They got better on offense. So, like, yes, it's a failure. Like, we're not sitting here and we're we're like, yeah, you know, the offense. If the offense was crap this year and they were, like, 17th in the NFL in scoring and they weren't racking up yards, then I think it would be fair to sit here and be like, you know what? They traded Tyreek Hill. They had to create cap space. They brought in some new guys. It didn't really work out. You know, it's not it's not a Super Bowl or bust year for them because you know, like they're just they're just they don't have it. They're the best offense in the NFL. They're better on offense than they were last year. The defense is, I I mean, 
right there with the defense from last year. I'd have to look at the numbers. So, yeah, it is a failure if they don't win the Super Bowl. It's not crazy to say that. It doesn't mean that we can't enjoy the season, but like they were in the AFC Championship game last year. They've hosted the AFC Championship game four years in a row, and now they have the best offense in football. If they can just figure it out on defense and take care of the football, they should win the Super Bowl. Like they have one of the best teams in the NFL. So, yeah, it's Super Bowl or bust. Uh, Chris, I got to address his comment because he loves bringing this up. I remember Sterling, it is game by game picks before the season started. You're correct, Chris. I had the Chiefs going 11 and six. I had them losing a lot of games early. I had the defense uh, struggling on the arm because you know why? Again, I thought this was going to be a, a retooling season. It's it, They've impressed me. They, they've done better than my expectations. Uh, and by the way, you said Tyron Matthew. He was probably better than Justin Reed this season. Let's be real. Safety player in Kansas City has been a disaster. This is why I wouldn't pay a safety the amount of money just in general because I think safety, your goal is to not fuck up. Unless you're Justin Simmons or an elite player, the amount of money you give a safety, uh, give it somewhere else on the roster. It's not the most important position. It's not necessarily an impact position. We're not seeing the results right now. Um, I like the heart Justin Reed has brought, but Justin Reed has not made a major impact. Uh, I don't know if we're seeing some communication breakdown. We saw it last year with Tyron Matthews, so I don't know if much would change. That would lead me to believe that this is more on Steve Spagnuolo than anything else. Yeah. But it, safety it, play for me has been the major issue defensively. Tyron Matthew wasn't good last year. He wasn't horrendous, but like the safety play last year was was bad in a different way, right? They were giving up these huge plays. They had Sorensen running around back there. It was bad. Um, you know, the defense is, in some areas, it's better like the they're they're getting more pressure on the quarterback this year than they were last year they're racking up sacks like they're still not good but you know i think they're pretty much on par with where they were last year with more upside than they had last year um it's just not coming to fruition somebody asked if i thought the Chiefs should re-sign juju yeah oh absolutely absolutely um i think he's not going to be like insanely expensive right like he's not going to cost like anything like tyree kill would have cost if they had re-signed him and, and he really, he's just, he's a key cog for them in moving the football and moving the chains. He's another security blanket for Patrick Mahomes. That's a, and he's still really young. It's a no brainer signing. I would lock him up uh, for, for a long term because you're going to, you know, who knows? I don't know how much longer Kelsey will play, hopefully a long time, but you want a nice cornerstone guy that Patrick Mahomes has developed a, a little bit of chemistry with um, as you go and maybe try to add some other pieces at the wide receiver position. So I think he's a no brainer to bring back and they should have the cap space to do it. No problem. Yeah. We'll talk about it later on in the offseason Cause I don't want to talk too much about yeah. the upcoming seasons, but I don't know if three for 45 would get it done. I, you're, you were hoping at least at the start of the season, but you're thinking, you know, if he plays well at three for 45, that might be enough to get Juju to stick around, man. After seeing these wide receiver contracts and see the production he's put up, you're looking at three for three for 60 at least 20 mil, you would have to imagine. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's yeah, not that, dirt cheap. No, that, that, that'll be a conversation for another day. Um, as far as the defense goes, I want to ask you this. Do you think that we got spoiled early on by how quickly they jailed? Do you think we had too high of expectations when it came to McDuffie, Joshua Williams, uh, the safety play for the most part looked better early on? Do we get spoiled and have too high expectations of what they could do? And then what we're seeing now is maybe who they who they are, at least in the rookie season. Yeah, 100%. I mean, they made a few plays early. And they. I think we all kind of thought they'd be like just a complete 
early in the season would just be charm and ultra soft right and i thought they'd be this <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah they were making plays and then you lost mcduffie so i mean you, you do have to put it in perspective on the on the defensive side of the ball you know you, you have a lot of rookies back there mcduffie hasn't even played half a season right like so yeah i think we kind of got in, we got emboldened because we were like well if they're this good now we talked about it on the show, I've been a big proponent of like I think they're going to have a big ha- like second second half of the year. I think they're going to be really good, and it just they've just struggled. They've just struggled a little bit in pass coverage. I don't know if it's scheme. I don't know if it's just you know they're they're just not ready yet. But they're just not they're just not quite there yet. Um, but I'm hopeful because you can see the talent in these guys. You can see the talent in Williams. You can see the talent in McDuffie. You can see the talent in Carl Loftus those are all really, really good things. And at some point, hopefully they'll put it together and and maybe it will be this year. Maybe it will be in the playoffs. With Patrick Mahomes being tasked to do so much, throwing the football, running the football in this game, right? I'm getting a little nervous. We've talked time and time again, Verterim's been beating the drum. You can wear a quarterback out when you're asked to do too much. We've yeah. seen it with Josh Allen. Josh Allen, by the way, had a great game last night, obviously. Uh, he made some phenomenal plays. But he took some big hits, too. He also yeah. hurt his elbow, it looked like, multiple times on an already banged-up elbow. Do you think the Chiefs need to protect Mahomes a little bit? Because it does feel like recently his usage rate has been going higher, higher, and higher. And I, for one, think that makes me a little bit nervous. Yeah, man. I mean, that's that's one of the reasons why I'm so mad at them for this performance today. And I know I keep saying it. I'm not trying to beat a dead horse, but I'm worried about getting injured, somebody getting injured. I'm worried about Travis Kelsey getting hurt or Pat taking off and you know running and getting a concussion or something or somebody diving into his knee. And these are games that I think the Chiefs should be able to put away early. And you shouldn't need Mahomes running the ball. You shouldn't need Mahomes taking hits in a game like this against a team like this. So that's why it's frustrating is because – we know what's at stake. We're trying to just win out here and and take care of the football and get to the postseason. I don't. I'm worried about Travis Kelsey getting injured. He's not a spring chicken. So yes, I think one thing about Pat, I'll give him this is um, he's usually pretty good in most games at not running when it's not that high leverage of a game, right? Like he'll do it in the playoffs. He'll run a lot. He'll put his body on the line. In this game, he did run five times for 33 yards, but I thought he was relatively safe in his runs. There was one where he dove forward where I was like, "Eh, don't do that. But in general, he's pretty smart about like, he won't take off in these games against teams like the Texans too much and put his body on the line. So he does a pretty good job of taking care of himself, but yeah, I'm i I'm concerned, man. Uh, One last super chat here from Anthony would like to see a safety change in the scheme of the defense, bring number 20 and play 50 covering I don't know what they would do um, as far as the difference in scheme. And by the way, thank you so much again, Anthony, for the chat. It's very, very kind of you. Uh, Let's just break this down a little bit here. I don't know how much I trust uh, Brian Cook coming in, another rookie. Justin Reed won, Thornell, for the most part, haven't given up huge plays over the top. They've just not been impact players in any sense of the word. They've missed a lot of tackles. And then when it comes to, let's say, Willie Gay Jr., that was supposed to be a guy you would assume would be a great third down back because of the athleticism. Third down linebacker. 
this game showed that maybe this isn't is why we're not seeing him on third downs. It's why we're seeing Nick Bolton the green dot. Because yeah. they're probably very similar is what we're seeing. And Nick Bolton at least is the green dot. He calls the plays. Uh, I don't know what your thoughts here, but I think this, for the most part, answered some of my Willie Gay Jr. questions when it comes to him. I guess the lack of him being on the field on third downs. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is at this point, right? I don't think we're going to see a lot of, of, of changes in this defense. They've invested in these young guys. They want to see how this plays out. And... Again, like we've seen Spagnolo defenses improve over the course of the season before. It's a little bit late here, but maybe some of that is due to the youth, right? Um, maybe like, for instance, last year when they got better towards the end of the season, you had a scheme thing happening, right? Where they were like, okay, Sorensen's toast, right? Like we thought maybe he was, but now we know he's definitely toast. Neiman's a liability. He's played some good ball for us or some decent ball for us in the past, but now he's done and they changed up their scheme a little bit to accommodate for those things. And then you saw things start to improve a little bit. I think with this defense, you've got all young guys back there. So it's sort of like there's probably not a lot of scheming to be done. It uh, it just probably needs to be um, they've got to grow and grow into the scheme and what's being asked from them. So I think we'll see it. I just, I just hope it's this year. Uh, I really do because I think the talent is there. I'm excited about the core of this defense, especially if they add one or two pieces in the offseason, like a veteran or somebody through the draft, like another pass rusher to replace Frank Clark. I mean, you could be looking at something that's really special. And, and we've talked about this. If it wasn't for – like if the Chiefs had the the Eagles defense – or got, can you imagine if the Chiefs had the 49ers defense? They'd never lose a game. They'd never lose a game. They'd be absolutely unstoppable with, with Mahomes. So – uh, and yet they, they beat that team 44 to 20. I, I don't understand. They don't make any sense. They don't, they, they don't make any sense. Um, uh, uh, Richard Wilson says uh, we should run the ball more, pound the backs these last games before the playoffs. Uh, I agree, man. Like, I mean, do what you got to do to win. But, like, take care of Pat. Take care of Trav. Let's get these guys feeling good and healthy heading to the playoffs. But they're going to have to play it out, man, because they're still in the running for the number one seed. Um Thank you guys so much for 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 watching our show. I like you're 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 absolutely incredible. I know last week was a light week. We had some sickness running rampant through the the Arrowhead Attic podcast team. Sterling and I made it made it out of Kansas City without getting ill. Someone had to it. someone had to just keep rocking it. Someone had to keep the train yeah. rolling. In the words of Aerosmith, train kept it rolling all night long. Yeah. Yeah. You uh you you just drank so much Casey beer you killed any of the well, yeah, you guys are soft. You stopped. You went home at like 930 that night. Yeah, yeah. You know, got to take care of myself. Um, we, I, I'm trying to get playoff ready too here, Sterling. <laughs> um, we got to get ready. Um, thank Randy says thank you guys for what you do. Uh, yeah, and shout out, shout out to everybody. Like, you know, uh, shout out to Gary who said I'm, I'm unbearable or whatever he said. Uh, <laughs> annoying. You know, this is what we do here. Like, we, we, we're not just here to like, you know, say the 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 team line we like to debate we like to talk about the team we like to mix it up a little bit um and that's uh that's kind of what we're going for with this podcast so shout out to everybody make sure you hit that like and subscribe button uh on your way out we'll be back uh next week i think everybody's everybody's we're getting healthy so we got some guys coming off ir so uh tuesday should be uh matt connor hopefully will return with sterling holmes and then back to the regular weird wednesday show with sterling and adam on wednesday and Verteram will be back on Thursday as we preview a little, uh, 
little Christmas Eve action going on here um, against the Seattle Seahawks at Arrowhead at noon. Do you like football on, on Christmas, like Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, Sterling, or would you rather it's not? Christmas Eve, love it. Christmas yeah. Day, kick rocks. Yeah. That means if it's on yeah. Christmas Day and the Chiefs play on Christmas Day, that means I'm fucking working. Am I right. selfish? You bet your ass I am. Yeah. And by yeah. the way, I, I'm i a big NBA guy. Big NBA guy. Christmas yeah. is when the NBA, NBA starts. Time. We know Thanksgiving, football, Christmas, NBA. Yeah. I don't make the rules. They were just made when I was a child, and so that's how I feel. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you, man. I'm good with the games on Christmas Eve because it's like, you know, most of those get wrapped up in the afternoon. I can like go most of the Christmas Eve festivities happen in the evenings, dinner time, stuff like that. So we'll watch the Chiefs hopefully beat the Seahawks, although I don't think I'm going to pick them um, and on Christmas Eve. And then, you know, we can all enjoy ourselves. And then uh, then it's New Year's Day against round two against the Broncos. Um, so, two, oh, yeah. New- wait, we New do a show on New Year's Day. There's a, I mean, there's a game on New Year's Day. Yeah. Yeah. It's at noon. I know. What? I know. I'm not Mr. Week, I don't think, yet this season. There might be a one week old boys out. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, that one's going to be rough. Are you going hard on New Year's Eve? Or are you, a, are you, are you a, a go hard on New Year's Eve guy? No. No. <laughs> I don't believe you. Look at that shit eating grin. I can't. My parents. My parents are going to be in town. I'm going to be like a human being and and just have some beers with my with the old man. Mm. Mm. All right, well, good, good for you. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, you're a responsible adult. Yeah, that's right. I know you'll be text. <laughs> you'll be texting me at at, uh, at midnight on New Year's Eve saying Happy New Year, Charmin Ultra. Oh yeah, we're uh, ripping on you. Don't, don't you worry. No, I'll text you at nine thirty. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because that's when I'm going to go to bed. Is at nine thirty. Um, that's a joke. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Seven straight AFC West championships for the Chiefs. Now that we got all the aggression out, this is it. Celebrate for the rest of the evening. Forget about forget about the game. Burn the tape. If the Chiefs get it together, they'll be fine. Uh, and you can enjoy the AFC. You can enjoy you know trolling Chargers fans on Twitter about their uh, their preseason AFC West championship that they just lost. Um, hit that like and subscribe button on your way out. Everybody will be back next week for producer Richard for Sterling Holmes. My name is Patrick Allen. We'll see you guys on Tuesday. But until then, until then, as always, go Chiefs. <laughs>